the powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome. This is Lori Schwartz broadcasting live on Voice America. We are actually in Atlanta today broadcasting live from the II. EX Conference, which stands for the Insight Innovation Exchange, which is the number one conference for insights in North America, really getting into the future of insights for businesses, how businesses navigate, how they find out about their consumers, how they learn about what everybody's doing so they can create better products and reach out to their correct audience. And we're going to jump right into a fantastic interview. We have so many thought leaders here today, and we're going to be doing a, a bunch of interviews to really dig into this fascinating world. So we're starting off with the fabulous Seema Visa, who is from Infinity Square Adventures. She's the founder and CEO of Infinity Square Adventures, which is an organization focused on accelerating new and emerging platforms in market market research space. So um, Seema, tell us all about the company and what you do, because this world is so interesting and it happens in the background of a lot of what we all understand in, in the marketing world and also in the business world, how, how companies, how brands are really emerging to be top leaders in their field. So, so tell us what you guys do. Sure. Thank you, first of all, for having me here. I'm very excited to be here. Um, so basically, Infinity Square Ventures was started about two years ago. I'll actually back up and say I was actually a player in the research industry, and I founded a data collection business paradigm. About two years ago, I founded Infinity Square Ventures and decided to focus on all these new technologies that are emerging and companies that are emerging to really provide actionable insight, relevant insight that meets the client need in terms of understanding brand preference, understanding how social is uh, kind of fitting into the whole model of brand selection, and essentially helping marketeers um, build better products and services for their clients. So it's it's so exciting that you mentioned new technology, because I am the tech cat, <laughs> and I'm always looking at technology trends. And, you know, you never think that every business vertical is being impacted by tech. So um, in terms of emerging platforms, sure. what are some of the things that you're looking at? Well, I, I'd say technology is hitting every aspect from the data delivery side. So there's very new and exciting tools that kind of fuel insights for a client to look at very quickly and also digest it. Since there's so much data, it's very hard to digest and make um, actionable decisions or recommendations from that. Um, the other area is mobile, and that's really the platform that I'm most passionate about, and that is it engages a whole broad re audience, um, specifically millennial millennials. So historically in our industry, a lot of what we've done is online. Um, so anything that allows millennials or consumers to engage um, uh, engage with us from a research process is the area that we focus on. So that's so interesting. So so traditional research, I mean, I always think of questionnaires yeah. or somebody calling me up and asking sure. me, or even sending something in the mail. Yeah. And they still have those. And they still have those. Yes. But what you're talking about is some sort of location-based activation how would it play out it could be it could be it could be as simple as having a survey optimized for your mobile phone okay so if you could imagine taking a survey that traditionally has been on paper or online getting those surveys ported over to mobile is a really tough experience for the consumer because okay. typically they're longer and it you know usually you have a high abandon rate with consumers because they're like you know when we're 
on the phones were ADD, like hurry up and yes. I want to be done. So it could be as simple as designing those questionnaires to be optimized on the mobile phone, not just from a um, technology perspective, but from an experience perspective. There's a little bit of an understanding that the questions have to be quick and fun and easy um, to having a native mobile app and being able to deliver surveys that might be triggered on a location basis um, to be able to upload pictures through a mobile app. So it really spans the um, the spectrum in terms of mobile. So it's so interesting. So when you're trying to get research out of a particular segment, you really have to build the platform mm-hmm. around that segment, what they'll respond to. Yes. So it's so interesting. It's different because I know that we always say customers king or queen. Um, and I think in this day and age for research, we have to really start thinking about the people that are taking the surveys or providing us information. They're the king or queen first and foremost, because if we cannot provide a platform that's engaging and exciting for those consumers, we're not going to get the information that we need to provide recommendations to brands and marketers. God, that's so interesting. So when the data comes in, is your company also responsible for basically processing that data and then going back to the client and say, here's what we've learned? Yes. Yeah. And actually, um, that's the really fun part of it. I mean, obviously solving that equation of consumer engagement is critical, but to be able to then roll up all the information and be able to provide provide interesting insight, actionable insight, and moving away from the 100-page deck. Right, 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 right. But really being able to summarize it, you know, now we're starting to see deliverables just to be infographics. Right, right. um, And to be able to really cull down the key point, it has to, it requires us to be smarter um, and really be accountable for the information that we're collecting to make sure we draw the right conclusions. Right. So it's not enough for you just to say, here's the data. See, see, see you bye. Yes. (laughs) And honestly, when you think about it, that's like the easy thing to do. (laughs) Right. Right. Getting the data is one thing, but then actually processing. And I had a friend who said that now we're in a data lake. Yes. And that what you need is data analytics and data statisticians. Statisticians or scientists. And scientists to go in and find the significant pieces floating around yeah. in the lake. Because yeah. otherwise, it's just like my desktop is these days. Sure. <laughs> which is, I just save stuff now. I don't even file yeah. it because search is so good. Right. So what you're doing is providing discovery yes. of those of those insights. Now, yeah. you're here at the show. What are you here at, at, at uh, IIEX presenting? So I'll be presenting with the CEO of Millennial Mix, which is one of our companies in, the fun- in our company, in the venture. Um, and we're going to be rolling out a new segmentation for millennials. And that's a big deal when you say a new segmentation, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, segmentation is known in the industry. A lot of clients do it. Um, but for us, our hypothesis is we've worked with millennials for many years now. And if you talk to a millennial, they tend to shy away to ex- to embrace the term. Right, right. Sometimes they hide and say, wait, are you going to like millennials or not like millennials? If you do, then I'll tell you, yes, I'm proud to be a millennial. But we noticed that you know, millennials are really getting a bad rap. Uh, that's one premise. The other premise is that um, if we don't solve the engagement issue for, for millennials, we're not going to be able to keep up and provide the, the, the robust information that we need to provide. So we have tested over the last 12 months 
the optimal experience for millennials to be able to engage them and do segmentation in a new way. So we've altered the questionnaire style. We've kind of changed okay. the way we've collected the data and as a result have created uh, six distinct segments that market Inside of millennials. Inside of millennials. God, that's so, so interesting. Are you allowed to share any sure. of this with us? So I mean, obviously the stereotypical millennial does exist yeah. um, and we <laughs> call them the PB&Jers. And, and when you say millennial, because I know this number has moved around. Yeah. So what age and we, years are you talking about? We say 19, they aged at 19 to 35 year olds. Okay, 19 to 35 yeah. We old. actually did say they get older. Because okay. <laughs> historically we've heard of 18 to 34. Yeah. Um, but you year later they're 19 to 35. Right and, that, and that's the thing that I've noticed too is we've been talking about millennials for five years yes. but they've stayed at the same age. Right and those are the what are you calling the next generation because I've heard plurals. Yeah um, uh, or Gen Z. Gen Z okay. It, it's varied I don't know if we've actually stuck to a definition yet. Stuck, yeah because that's what my kid will be I yes. guess or she's six, she's six years old. So Yeah that's exactly right. And I'm trying to figure out how she's going to make a living right yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> to pay for all the summer camp and yes. everything I'm sending her to but all right so tell Tell and college. Some, and college. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> more, I just thought of how Sorry. old I'll be when she's in college is what I was thinking of. But what, so what, what are, are some of these segments? So we have the traditional, not the stereotypical uh, segment, which is called the PBJers. And they're, you know, all-American stereotype of millennials. They, they tend to be younger. They live at home. They get a lot of parental support. But you know, they're not all millennials. There are also millennials that act and behave more like older generations. Like Gen X. Ge- exactly. And some, boomer. and some boomers. Right, And right. so they're a significant size of the population as well. And we tend not to hear about them. Right. Because it's easier for you to wrap your head around a controversial That's idea right. of a segment yes. than, than, to, than to what people are really doing. That's right. And, one, and, and if I'm thinking about it, and I'm marketing to millennials, I want to know the full pie. I right. don't want to be swept away with, you know, what 40% of the population looks like. There's other robust segments within that population. God, that's so interesting. So when you have your segments now, Mm -hmm. did you craft this for a particular brand or business or is this syndicated research that then people come to you and say, okay, I need to learn about this? Like how does the interface now work now that you've done this segment? So we really did the segmentation for the industry. We did it because we were going through this journey of kind of figuring out what the optimal engagement model was for millennials and we applied a lot of that learning and infused it into the segmentation. Um, going forward, what our hope is, is to use these segments to then understand how these segments react to brands and within different categories. Um, a lot of people say, do we have an area of specialty or not? And, you know, we're leaning towards categories where millennials are highly engaged with. So travel comes to mind, right, food, right. Um, some financial services, so we're we're kind of exploring that further as we as we go. So you this. go so you go wide with this, and then that will be sort of the net to yes. capture businesses who who will then want want to go deeper. Correct. So there's like a level of of general information you'll go yep. out to, but then you have proprietary. That's right. So if that's such a smart model. It's like yep. cocaine, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <We have laughs> it's like give me, give me a little <laughs> yeah. taste, and then. Uh, so I had a question for you, just because um, I'm uh, so curious about this myself, because I've laid had conversations with a few millennials sure. who are all telling me how they're staying at home mm-hmm. to save money. And mm-hmm. I love that idea. Like, God, would I love yes. my daughter to stick around, yeah. you know, um, just because I'm thinking about how am I going to stalk her <laughs> <Yeah>. later? Because <laughs> I only have one kid, sure. so, you know, so I'm going to definitely move move wherever she <laughs> goes. But, but um, why are they staying at home? Is it really just financial? And is it a shift in understanding? Because as a Gen X, I was like, I got to get out of here right away. Yeah. Like, it was like, get out of the nest. Sure. Now, is there a new cultural understanding that it's actually cool? 
cool to stay home? Sure. I mean, I think it's more and more accepted. So yeah. it doesn't have the stigma of if you stay home, it means you're, you know, you haven't made it. Yeah. Um, I think staying home, a lot of it has to do with saving money. I mean, I love, I love that because yeah. I feel like that goes back to an older America. Yeah. Where you the family stayed together longer. Sure. And I, I feel like that can only be good. Yeah. Well, know? yes and yes and no. I do think that there's a bit of adultism that has to be kind yeah. of part of uh, the staying at home factor yeah. in terms of being able to pay your bills and be responsible. We do see that there's some millennials who do not, I mean, not all millennials stay home. It's it's really those kind of uh, the ones that we stereotypically hear about. Um, you know, I would... For, as a as a parent, I would say it probably helps to encourage them to pay their own bills. Yeah, yeah. to make sure of reality at some point when it like does they're paying hit. they're paying for every, every everything else. Yeah. Is there um, any number one insight out of the research that you've done on millennials that's really surprised you? Like anything that really popped that you were not aware of before? Well, you know, we went in with the hypothesis of saying that all millennials are the same and they don't all fit the stereotype. And I guess I was just pleasantly surprised to know that there is about sixty percent of millennials that don't fit that stereotype per se. Right. You didn't go into it thinking I'm going to segment this That's right. five ways or yeah. whatever it is. So where can people learn more about what you guys are doing at Infinity Square Adventures? Sure. Well, we have a website. So if you log on to www, sorry, infinity-2.com, <laughs> you can learn a little bit more as well as the Millennial Mix website. And Millennial Mix is your partner? It is one of the companies that I'm helping to accelerate and get started off the ground. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So you also do some venture kind of yes. uh, launching. God, that is so interesting. I kind of got into it because I found founded a company seven years ago in the data collection space and um, it was a great platform but I kind of wanted to move into the other spectrum a little bit in the insights area so this is an opportunity to kind of stay in both areas that is so interesting so you're producing research and you're also incubating young companies well Seema Vasa is a true entrepreneur and it's so great to talk to you You our first conversation here at the insight innovation exchange conference which is one of the number one conferences for insights for businesses in North America and it's been great to talk to you same. Thank and, you very and, much. And check out everything that, that they are doing at Infinity Square Adventures. And this is Lori Schwartz, your tech cat. And we'll be coming back to you live again on voiceamerica.com. Ryan, over to you. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. 